Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Do you know where the afters Term, is, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're going. Yeah, yeah we're rolling. Rock right. and roll. Well, welcome, Chris. Thanks. Welcome. Thanks for coming. Oh, pleasure, um, guys. Thank you for having me, man. No, it's exciting times. It is exciting. Um, obviously, we bumped into each other in um, Amsterdam. Yep. Last was it last week? Week before? Two weeks ago. Two, two weeks ago. Yeah. Too fast, um, I know. Wasn't expecting to see you in saw house with that delicious beard you've got now <laughs> it feels like the last time i saw you the be- the hair was on the top and you had skin <laughs> yeah and well the hair was what hair i had left was hidden under a hat yeah, <laughs> yeah actually you always used to wear cap, always had hats yeah. on yeah, yeah yeah that's probably why you've got yeah. all the hair this on is, your uh, chin now exactly i uh during lockdown i decided my kids actually dared me just to shave my head completely and uh what is it with, it was a dare it wasn't yeah the, like no because you know, some a, people just give in don't they yeah. And just go, oh, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to have to just get rid of it now. Oh, no way, no. man. I was holding on for dear life. Clinging <laughs> <laughs> on. Uh, no way. So the kids we... are like, just pick it off, Dad. I was like, yeah, all right. And I did it. And I was like, oh, yeah, it looks cool, actually. And then decided to prove to my body that I could still grow hair on my head somewhere. So I just decided <laughs> to do it on my chin. You're I was like, take it. that, buddy. Those, those, uh, those gray bits almost like yeah, you haven't like... That's just natural. That's natural. Yeah, natural natural gray, in, doesn't it? gray streaks. Yeah, yeah. Natural. It was like always meant to be, right? And oh, everyone, man. who was I with? AD? Oh, Tracy from Ultra was like, you dyed those bits. So he's like, no, Tracy, I do not. <laughs> it looks like you it have looks, it. Look, it, it looks does. cool, but I just have to sick. convince it everybody. It's meant to be. It does. It's not dyed. Um, <laughs> well, I feel a bit left out on this beard talk. Anyway, guys. <laughs> you've, not got, you've not got a bad hairline still. Exactly. You're, 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 but I, I hid mine for a long time as well. Did you? Yeah, yeah. Caps. Caps, caps, caps always. All the time, yeah, all the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah man. I, I, I had the opposite. I, had, I don't have a hair problem at all, boys. I'm sorry. Nice. I'm going to throw that out there. Thanks. Um, Cunt. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I did, I did chop it off. Change but stuff. not. <laughs> we move on quickly. This is actually a touchy subject for some men, right? Yeah, it was oh, yeah. For, me, for, for, for yeah for a bit. It was, but it's just you got to let that ego go. It happens, doesn't Absolutely. it? But you have testosterone, mate. That's what it is. <laughs> you haven't got rid of all of it, though. You've just you've gone like, yeah, oh, is that a three I mean, or a four? This is stage two. Stage two. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Can't wait yeah. to see stage so, three. Anyway. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, Chris. I can't grow a beard, though. That's the only problem. So I'm uh, fucked. Right. patchy. You, you just asked me to move on. Sorry, right? sorry. You're sorry. About <laughs> you got, it's a touchy subject. Can we fucking move right, on? Come on, let's go. Right, yeah. So, Chris, um, obviously, when we spoke in Amsterdam, I remember yeah. um, mentioning to you, it actually seemed like weeks ago that we had, we spoke about you going for a, a job which wasn't related to touring. Yep. And I remember you were humming and how you were on the fence. You were, I think you'd applied for a job. Yeah, and then when we spoke two weeks ago, 
you said that you'd been there for a year. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck's happened? Yeah, so tell us on a November the 1st. Yeah, exactly. Tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. So um, happy anniversary for that. But like, yeah, yeah. So how has that been? So you've obviously gone from a really busy touring life to now you've you've kind of transitioned. You are still doing a bit of both. But yeah. how's, how's that gone, that transition? Yeah, I mean, I applied for the job. Um, we were signed to mini, uh, ministry, musical freedom and spinning as artists. Mm. And... Yeah, it got to a point where I was kind of like, I'm in an R in as whether or not, you know, I'm at the age that I need to consider looking for another option for that's part of, you know, being still involved in music, but not necessarily being away from home so much and doing the hard tour life and stuff. So, um, yeah, I got the option to apply for this job. And, um, yeah, I kind of got through a load of different stages and then missed out on it and then they came back a couple of months later and said, look, we're still looking to fill this position. So Mint. if you'd reconsider us, uh, we'd love to have you on board. So, oh, so they came back to you? Yeah, 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 oh, which is great. You know, I, I thought I was at the run and I was really grateful for the opportunity and going, you know, having that experience of applying for a job, which I hadn't done for like 12 <laughs> yeah. years. Yeah, <laughs> and seeing what it was like, you know, through um, in music. You know, so it was, yeah, it was cool. How, how was the, how was that feeling? You know, knowing that, you know, you were sort of transitioning through this next stage of your career. I was excited. I mean, for people that are watching that may not know, I'm an A&R manager at Spinning Records now. And you'll know this, uh, we did Lost Records for 10 years. So I did it on a very independent level, a very DIY, do-it-yourself kind of level where me and John were just, you know, sitting in the studio and listening to demos and going that sounds good let's put that out um so i had a little bit of experience and obviously doing the project left in cody for the last 12 years and having a radio show for four years i felt like you know i was capable of picking a good tune out so mm. it was still part of what i'd been doing as a professional yeah, yeah, for yeah. 12 years so it didn't feel like that strange mm -hmm. um but yeah it's very it's a very interesting position. It's coming from an artist point of view to then see how the business works on the opposite side. Mm. It's it, it can be eye opening for sure. Yeah. And what's the in terms of how your week looks now? Yeah. Because I mean, from my experience as an artist, my week kind of the, the middle of the week was just kind of fucking recovering mm -hmm. after the weekend. Yeah. But now for you, are you have you scaled the tour and back? Yeah. Um, because of the new job or is, or is it for other reasons? Uh, or Not necessarily because of the job, but there are a few things that I felt like I, I haven't taken just because this is my full-time job now. Mm -hmm. The the position at um, spinning is nine to five. Oh, so 40 hours. Okay. Yeah, it's Monday to Friday, okay. nine to five. So I feel like, you know, I need to be fully focused mm -hmm. on what I'm doing in that kind of role. Um, because, you know, I do appreciate how lucky I was to be able to, to get that job. So I'm not going to mess it up for anything. Yeah. But there have been occasions over the last year where I have done like America in two days and then gone into work on like Tuesday morning after, you know, arriving back from Vegas and Houston and yeah. spending more time in the air than I have done on the grounds in yeah. the countries that I'm playing in. And uh, yeah, it's, it adds a little bit to the job as well because it means I'm going out and meeting artists and yeah, stuff. And yeah, yeah. There's opportunities there as well, oh, right? To be able to speak to other artists and see if they've got any demos going that they would consider sending over to us. So it's got that kind of edge to it as well, which I know the team at Spinning really appreciate. They've got someone on the ground that uh, is there ready to kind of have those immediate interactions with artists because that's how a lot of these things are done, you know? Yeah, of course. Uh, was, uh, how's, how was the nine to five? Was that a shock to the system or? Do you know what? <laughs> not really because I was sitting around not doing much. To be honest. <laughs> 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 yeah. I was just, you know, it's, it's one of those things where you're just either listening to new tunes for the radio show yeah, or yeah, yeah. trying to knock some ideas together to then send to John for him to kind of turn into his magic and do his yeah, science yeah. stuff on it and but you know not really i i really enjoyed it because i was super focused yeah, yeah you know yeah I, I was able to have something then rather than looking at my diary going oh man when are these gigs coming in <laughs> <laughs> we've all been there well, so let's let's take it back to the beginning a little bit like yeah. what, what what inspired you to start um you know this this musical journey it's cliche family we're always in the music business you know in some way shape or form i was around music 
my dad was a guitarist, self-taught, loved folk music. I grew up listening to like Joni Mitchell and stuff like that. Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, Paul Simon and Garfunkel, and mm. um, yeah. And then his younger sister was in a band that were really successful, like towards the end of the eighties, early nineties. Was signed to Virgin, so they were off touring, and I was. They were always in studios in London, so I always found myself in a studio somewhere. Mm because my parents would be cooking food for the whole band and bringing it to the oh, studio. Wow. So they were like the caterers. <laughs> so it was interesting, yeah. like seeing, you know, things be created and I was, yeah, I was just constantly around it. And then discovered DJ when I was about 15 years old. I remember going to like a college party and this guy was mi mixing jungle and I was like, what is going on? Like, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. The music hasn't stopped. Like, why is the music stopping? And then my pal was like, oh yeah, he's DJing. And he's like taking two records and like putting them on two different turntables and using like a mixing desk to stop. Like there's no break in the music. I was like, wow, yeah. this is what I want to do. So instantly. So from 15, you yeah. just knew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Working. I'm an only child. So I went home. Uh, as I said, it was like a Christmas college party. So on my birthdays in December. So I went home to my parents. I was like, for my birthday and my Christmas, can I get these decks? And I had like the old DJ magazine where they used to put the adverts in the back. <laughs> Sick. And I was like, that's the ones I want. And there's like cam belt drives. Yes. Oh, yeah. The ones you had to like take the belt <laughs> off, like yeah. talk them down until <laughs> yeah, yeah. they shrunk. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. another good technique. The technique that I had was twist the rubber band over the rotary. So it would oh, tighten the elastic right. and it would you'd be able to pitch yeah. mix in. It wasn't quite twelve tens. <laughs> but, <laughs> but you, know, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Was, were, you, there. Did you, were you like musically trained? Could you nope. play any instruments? No. Nothing. Tried guitar when I was a kid. The Drums, nothing. Nope. R recorder. <laughs> even. <laughs> Triangle. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, right. it was so funny because the only good reports I ever got out of secondary school, my mum reminded me this like years ago, was my music teacher was always the one that would say good things about me at secondary school because I think that was the only real kind of place that I showed some initiative. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Every other kind of lesson or science, English, I coasted. Yeah. I was just one of those people that just flew under the radar, did just enough not to get into like trouble mm. and just pass. But my music one was all the reports were always nice. you know, on point. So when so. you but when you did music, what was because I'm I'm assuming you have to do or you have to play an instrument to do the the, the course, right? Or but not at secondary school. Oh, was, yeah, this is at secondary school. Okay. Did you, but you then, not go to secondary <laughs> school? <laughs> but they they used to put us in like groups and then you'd have to like do a project. No, right? uh, nothing like that okay, going on. Okay. No, it was just did basically. I just go to a really <laughs> fucking good one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It was public. It's it wasn't like I didn't, sure. I didn't got yeah, a private. Right. Yeah, honestly. Yeah, of course. It was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How did you know me? <laughs> fucking groups of music classes. Bentley outside. Right, right, okay. Here we go. This is where you go to play the orchestral. <laughs> yeah, 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 the violin. <laughs> Here, man, stop picking on this. It's my fucking podcast. <laughs> Fuck, see, I'll kick you okay. off in a minute. So, so you, when, once you've um, you got the decks. So DJing was my passion. Awesome. I remember like just buying records. What was your first record? Uh, David Morales' remix of Spice Girls. No, was it? Yeah. I don't think I've even heard of it. I don't nah. know. I'm just surprised it's <laughs> Spice yeah, Girls. Yeah. Wanna be. Record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was a David Morales remix, though. Ah, oh, I, uh, I thought you said mm. someone else. No. David Morales. <laughs> like, that makes more sense. It's like, what, just a Spice Girls radio edit or something? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. What are you on about? Oh, it's wicked. No, and then it was um, what, the Tony Braxton Unbreak My Heart as well. I had that nice. really early. So. And did you, did, when you learned to mix, you learned, because I, I think I spoke about this on the, the first episode. I learned to mix. I was told to get two tracks yeah. and just fucking absolutely nail those two tracks. Yeah. Is that what you did? Oh yeah. Yeah. Just you knew. Yeah. Like once it's 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 technique. I think there's some mystery around DJing and stuff like that. Maybe not so much these days just the technology. But you know, the technique of it is quite easy to learn. It's mm. quite easy to pick up. The skill of being a DJ is knowing your music inside out. Yeah, yeah. And knowing what yeah, to yeah, play yeah. and when Absolutely. to play it yeah, and knowing when true. the breaks are and all that kind of stuff's changed now because you know we've moved on from yeah, yeah. final. But yeah. um yeah, I think I saw a bit of sadness in you there. We've, yeah. we've moved on from final. I, listen, I'm very uh, progressive. I don't mind all this new stuff coming in. I think everyone should get the opportunity if they've got the skills or yeah. the passion or the dream or whatever. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Whatever you use as your 
you know, instrument or your tool, doesn't matter. No. It's it's how you use it. Because you still got to be skilled, haven't you? Absolutely. In, in, you know, even if you know, even with CDJs, you still got to have skill there. Whether yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember when people used to when CDJs become more started becoming more popular. Mm. People were slating CDJs. Oh yeah, yeah, of course. That was oh, the yeah. first step, and it was like, yeah. well, you're not a real DJ unless you're playing on wax. And yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. what are you talking about? And now CDJs are like now what everyone's going to controllers and mm-hmm. people, mm. but some people playing Ableton Live or controllers are the new thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Everything's synced up, but there's so much more you can do and be bump, like, almost pump that creativeness into creating everything in between the bricks. This is or, it. Uh, yeah, yeah, sampling yeah. in between mm. tracks yeah. and creating something off the fly. It's something I've never done. But mm. the, the opportunities there are yeah, endless yeah, when it yeah, comes to live performance. Yeah, and it's, it's funny you mentioned that because I speak to a lot of artists that I'm trying to develop and stuff through my NR role. And just one in particular who hasn't necessarily got DJ skills, but he, he makes all his music on Ableton. So I'm saying to him, look, like, learn how to do this in a live element because everyone's, th- th- a lot of people are DJs now, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. But if you've got a USP of, you know, you like my record, I, you come to my show, you're going to hear a version of this record that you like mm-hmm. that no one else will ever hear again because I'm going to do something that's only going to happen in that show. And there's the yeah, kind of absolutely. the performance or the version of that track. Yeah won't be heard anywhere else unless yeah. you come in. Because it's that unique element. Yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. Live. Unique bit. Yeah, yeah live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fred, Fred again, is that? Yeah, totally. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's, you know, he's absolutely huge he's, now. Yeah, he's mastered that. Yeah. You know, I saw a video today of him breaking down what him and his, uh, <coughs> his the guy that's on stage with him, I think his name's Tony. Um, every show that they've been doing, when they go to different countries, they just chop up different like verses or choruses from rap artists <laughs> from that country and load it into his like MPC or whatever it is yeah, he's using yeah, yeah. and just fires off live remixes of <laughs> that's meant which you but know that's, that's you know yeah. that's, that's the, you want to go and see it yeah for exactly that, and yeah. the people that are going to the shows in these countries whether it be Holland or Belgium or wherever will identify with those rappers and yeah, be like wow yeah, what an experience yeah, yeah. you know so there's definitely that kind of side of things coming into the the market and technology is driving that and i think mm, it's great absolutely. did you did you guys ever consider live uh we bought live equipment about three separate times and sold it three separate times <laughs> <laughs> over the course of 12 years i can relate that mpc 40 tra all this shit when all the new rolling stuff came out like, yeah. yes yeah. and it's yeah. affordable and it makes yeah. pretty much the same sound as like the old 909s all that stuff and then you get it and you're like this is actually like learning a whole new skill again. Yeah. yeah so then you, yeah. you you have got to dedicate, you've got to say to yourself, I'm willing to put one, two years into this. Oh, yeah. It's even ready to go into a live performance. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, it's a whole new thing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, you've got to dedicate yourself to that. And I don't yeah. think I, I did <laughs> I did the same, just sold it straight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. The uh, problem that we had was our, we never kept our studio like computer up to date because everything that we knew had to do and everything worked mm. so there was never any point in us upgrading into new operating systems or whatever because if it ain't broke don't fix yeah, it but when we bought all this equipment none of it would talk to the old firmware or the old uh, software and everything I remember we had Janssen's come around to our studio because obviously he's like a studio god yeah, right yeah, yeah. and like mate please come down and have a look at this and see if you can help us with the cable and we just don't know we were going wrong and he just looked at him and went operating systems old oh, mate sorry oh, no. <laughs> you better upgrade your operating system Computer so then we strong. did all that yeah. and then our whole workflow got uh, destroyed because everything that we were used to oh, using then wouldn't or mo- would, hadn't moved on with the operating system. So it was like sacrifice what we were doing in the studio to try and do this live thing. But no, we still want to make tunes as quickly as we did. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Did, did, that, did that kill the flow a little bit? Absolutely. Yeah, I bet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that happened it to me in, right in Berlin when I, when I moved studio. And yeah. just, uh, nothing could connect. It was just frustrating. Because oh. the pressure, you're just still trying to make music. Yeah. Well. It's like, I haven't got this fucking time. <laughs> it's like, I can't wait to make something so banging out of all this new equipment. <laughs> and then you're just like kicking it after yeah, like 20 just minutes. Like... Going, just work. <laughs> Please. Well, talk, talking about you in the studio, yeah. um, your sound, well, your sound meaning left wing Cody sound. Yeah. From when I first met you, well, I'm not sure if you can remember when we first met. Oh. It was in Sunderland. And did you pay, I'm sure you played Future Box Festival? Maybe. With Infinity Inc. and Darius. In oh, yeah, Sunderland. yeah, yeah. Yes, that, uh, that, that, that makes sense. Uh... That was like 2008. I'm going to say 2011 or 2012. I think it's 2012. Right? It was just after so the off EP came out. Yeah. 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 Um, so your sound from then yeah. has obviously evolved massively into what it is now. Sure. 
you know, through Lost Records, your record label as well. Yeah. Is Lost still kicking on? Yeah. We're yeah, we're still doing bits and pieces with like a sister label, but we're looking to bring it back in 2024 full oh, steam. Oh, ahead. wicked. We look Amazing. forward to seeing it. I'm going to have anything to do with that if my bosses are watching. <laughs> <laughs> John's definitely doing all the air and R and that, and I'm not doing anything. Disclaimer. We'll, we'll, put it, we'll put a little thing at the bottom there in transcript. Yeah. <laughs> so that, yeah, Spinning can see that. Um, but yeah, so the, obviously, as we've just been talking about there, the evolution yeah. of DJing has obviously gone through its stages. Yeah. As is your sound as, a, mm-hmm. as an artist. What was the catalyst in that? Because every, when I speak to artists, they all have different reasons. Some stick with their guns and just make the same tunes for sure. 10, 15 years. Yeah. You guys have obviously adapted. So what, what was the catalyst in that in that adaptation or evolution, if you want, as time's gone on? Just not getting bored in the studio. Mm. Okay. You know, it's just, you want to be creative. You're sitting there and you don't want to make the same thing over and over again. kind of feels like cheating a little bit. I don't know if that's the right kind of... What, do you, what do you mean by cheating? We'll just keep making the same tune over and oh, over like again. Oh, like the same formula. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you yeah. know, it's like, but it, again, a lot of it was, the majority of it was just boredom. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to make the same tune. I remember when we had our, like a big hit on Exploited and we got all these remix requests coming and we were doing them, doing them, doing them and then we would get kicked back all the time saying, oh, we wanted this to sound more like yeah. you were yeah, or yeah, you weren't. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, no, those tracks had their moment in time. Mm. Like, we, I don't want to recreate the same thing over and over and over again because that was successful. Here's what else we can do. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no, I I, f- I think it's great. That I was just curious as to what that catalyst was because yeah. I've spoke to some people, friends of mine, who've said, "Well, music changes like fucking fashion." Sure. And, and some people adapt because of the time. Yeah. And, and that's also a reason that's valid, right? There's but, definitely an element of that as well. You know, it's also keeping things fresh and finding a new audience and seeing if the audience that you had originally well, keeps well, up yeah, or just absolutely. follows through or, you know, it's almost like a test. You know, I remember reading things about authors like Stephen King who would just, you know, think, oh, do people just read my books because of they like this one? And he started an alias and put out loads of books under different names and ended up having like five of the top uh, bestsellers under five different names uh, <laughs> in like the New York bestseller thing. And he was mental. like, no, actually I am good, good at what yeah, I'm doing. That's, yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, did, yeah. did you find that though? We, we, you must find out with gigs that like, you know, at some points a lot of people were expecting you to play certain tracks. Do you know what? I think that kind of era came in a little bit after we had like the height of our success. I yeah. think that's post, is that right? Post COVID yeah. thing where it's turning into a concert now mm. where people are showing up to see DJs play yeah, yeah. and they just want to hear that, DJ's, oh, that DJ's music, you know? And it yeah. is like, we would, we were always DJs. We were always scared to play our own tracks out, which is, mm. sounds bizarre, but it's just one of those things where you're really taking a risk putting yourself out there, yeah. a piece of yourself and something you put time and effort into. And if it doesn't get the right reaction, it's going to ruin the rest of the set. So we were still kind of DJs in the sense where we were looking to play fresh music that wasn't necessarily ours. It was just stuff that we were feeling. Yeah, yeah. And that kind of moved into having the radio show really helped with that as well. You know, it was a case of, I don't need to play all my own stuff. Yeah, I know some people who kind of want to go out and just play a whole whole set of their own tracks. And I think that's admirable because I could never, personally, I could never feel confident even if the tracks that i knew were popular people were kind of you know were expecting to see me play mm-hmm. that was sweet but like yeah. new records i've been working on the last few months there's no way i could just play back-to-back tracks oh, sure constantly oh. just worried that this isn't going to get a reaction yeah. but i know this other tune is going to get a reaction yeah, so yeah, i'm going to yeah. play that fucking yeah. tune yeah yeah you know i just found it a bit sometimes i get a bit bored as well because i've heard the track <laughs> so many times in the studio yeah. I'm like, oh not this one again <laughs> i want to listen to some new music do you know what i mean yeah absolutely uh, so oh, we still play um i feel it still sneaks its way in mate yeah, yeah, i close. send i, yeah, I yeah. send him i send him videos the last two or three years we haven't kept in touch that often but when we do keep when we do speak it'll be me sending him a video of me like just finishing a fucking bench press at the gym and be like oh it's tuned i feel it i feel it comes on everywhere on the radio and fucking in h&m like, it comes yeah, on yeah, ev- yeah. everywhere it's everywhere do you still get a buzz from that yeah absolutely Mate, yeah. it's got about 37 million yeah, we, uh, players on Spotify. Got a it's huge. Silver disc for that about Whoa. three months ago. So a round of applause for Silver Disc. Where's like the most random place you've heard it played? 
um, in Greg's in Tottenham Hale. <laughs> <laughs> while I was yeah, getting Greg's. while I was getting dropped off to uh, fly to Ibiza, and then we went into Greg's just to get my kids something quickly to eat, and uh, it came on in there. Can I have <laughs> two sausage and beans? And this is my yeah. tune, by the way. I was the same. Yeah. My daughter was like, "This is my dad's tune." Oh, <laughs> that's fucking yeah. class. Yeah. So those kind of moments are fucking amazing, man. That's really cool. What? What's how, how old are your kids, you know? My daughter was 16 yesterday. Oh, wow. Oh, what? Yeah. Wow. My son's 12. So what sort of music? Do, have they got your, your musical background? Uh, they do like music. It's definitely nothing to do with me, what they're listening <laughs> to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Some of the stuff I hear, I'm like, wow, what is that? Where are <laughs> yeah, you yeah. Is, that, that? is that good for you to keep, keep, can you keep your eye on the kids? Trying to, keep the my, <laughs> trying to keep my finger on the pulse, but they just keep bringing me this stuff, and I'm like, I, d- I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> my son was helping me out yesterday with some A&R, and he was my new little uh, assistant. He's going through TikTok and going, what about this time, Dad? And I was like, oh, actually... That sounds like my That's pretty cool. So let me go and see if I can sign that. Man. <laughs> Do you know, when it comes to productions, obviously, you know, tracks like I Feel It were huge. Yeah. That was a solo tune. Um, uh, was it solo? Yeah, it was. Or, or was you had but vocalist had, on there. Yeah, we, I mean, there's an interesting story about I Feel It was, at this point, John had come off the road yep. and was just doing all the studio stuff. Mm. So I remember coming back from, I think it was playing like uh, Cuckoo Land or something at Peter Rocks. And it was during the day and all the stuff that I had was just far too heavy for, mm. you know, three o'clock in the afternoon by Paul. So I remember coming back and saying, John, we need something like uh, Paul Wolford's Untitled with that piano. We need something that I can play during the day. And he's like, yeah. And at that point, he just got a studio in Tool Room Towers uh, in Maidstone with the Tool Room guys. And he was knocking something up with piano in it. And Mark Knight poked his head through the door and went, wherever that is, finish it now <laughs> really so, yeah yeah so mark sat in on a few of the sessions and really helped out with kind of finalizing it and obviously it went out in tour room Amazing. and uh it's massive yeah huge it was just it was crazy so but no sorry to take take away from your point no, no, that wasn't fine. a solo tune but there, there's yeah there's been many many solo tunes <laughs> yeah no but i was trying to come onto the collab thing so in terms of people you've worked <clears throat> mm-hmm. is there any that stand out as like really special collaborations I, I think all of them are man yeah it's like yeah. trying to pick your favorite child which i could, still can't do i would never do <laughs> Carmen and Raph. Another disclaimer, disclaimer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you guys are going to be disclaiming up to the eyeballs by the end of this just one. covered yeah, in yeah, fucking yeah, yeah. writing all the way down <laughs> we'll start halfway through just scrolling along the bottom <laughs> um no but i mean so much has happened over the years mm. And all of them have been really special and just, you know, honoured to, to the fact that it, it, picking up on that I Feel It story, the fact that we were trying to make something like Untitled and then it came full circle where Paul Wolford actually remixed I Feel Whoa. It was just like, I was like, you'll never guess what's going to work. What about, listen to this, Paul. And I remember just telling him that, you know, wow, the fact that you've remixed this now is really kind of made this full circle. What did he say when you talked? Oh, he loved it. He loved the whole idea of it. And he's like, onto John going, right, tell me about how you're learning these pianos and what you're using and wow. stuff. And yeah, so that whole, Fucking men. that whole experience was just, it was off the scale. The whole, the way the whole thing happened and when it happened and the timing was totally unexpected. And I was speaking to someone about it today, not about this particular record, but just about things in general. It's always the things that you least expect mm-hmm. that end up doing the best you know yeah um, that's that's a really good point like all the tr- i had two or three like tracks that did like relatively well the ones that were the most popular yeah and they're ones like for example i did a remix of lee walker's gotta get right yeah and i i actually sent it to lee and lee will attest to this lee's lee's actually booked to come and chat with us in a, in a few weeks he i sent it to him and i said lee you can have this but i fucking hate it don't <laughs> don't put it out and he went, mate, it's sound, it's all good. Like, I really like it. And I went, I have no idea why. A month later, it goes out in promo. Marco Carolla's smashing it at Amnesia Terrace. Yeah. And I'm like, it's exactly <laughs> you that. You never know, right? You'd never know. Mm. So, but again, it's one of those things you've got to make a call, right? Because if you're putting the track out, yeah. you've got to know that that's going to be there forever under yeah. your name. Yeah. So yeah. There's a, it's kind of a, a double-edged sword, really. Absolutely. You've got to be confident in what you're putting yeah. out. Absolutely. Yeah. The same story. I think our third release was Unexploited and it was called Lost and that's why we named the record label Lost after this track. But I mean, that was in the bin. 
you know, but the the head and from Exploited was like, send us everything you've got. And I was like, John, I think there might be something in this track. He's like, no, no way, I'm not doing it. So just send it. In like an hour, the guy was like, here's a contract. You know, it's, Fuck it's, me. it's just, it's one of those things, yeah. right? Yeah. My my daughter, funnily enough, she used a really good analogy yesterday morning, or was it this morning I was dropping her to school? She said, your kind of music industry, dad, is a bit like a 2P machine where, you know, you get the fun fairs and stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you put, keep putting 2Ps in and then at one point you'll get the jackpot ah. out. Mm. And I was like, yeah, actually, because you just never know which one of those 2Ps is going to hit and make everything kind of fall into place. It's kind of a numbers game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Like, I mean, look, it's always going to be a numbers game as far as music's concerned. But mm. as long as you're happy with the quality that goes out, then, yeah, yeah. you know, that's what you've got to be most excited about 100%, 100%. And i think there's quite a lot of pressure because i think even though like me and liam didn't have quite that success i think we rushed so many tracks yeah that we just weren't like now on a list i just was never happy with them yeah but because i sort of felt that pressure yeah i need to release like we need to release we need to get some ink and we just end up release a load of shit and i think in the in the you know in the bigger picture that yeah. actually hurts you a little bit you know yes i think that's but that's the, always the creative's downfall right mm. is that you're never happy you're never yeah. satisfied and at one point you're just gonna have to get that discipline to go yeah okay i've done whatever i can with this yeah yeah the curse is the curse of the perfection the curse yeah yeah, yeah it, it is. is a curse absolutely nothing's ever going to be perfect. no way no. man even now like yeah. in all things that i try and achieve <laughs> like yeah. that wasn't didn't do enough on that yeah. didn't mm. quite go to as you know planned but yeah things really do <laughs> no they uh, <laughs> definitely do not hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month over 70 percent of linkedin users don't even visit other leading job sites so start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. <laughs> so what would you say is, you know, your 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 biggest moment? Obviously, we just talked about the, the remix there, Paul Wolford. Like, what's... Um yeah, just getting the opportunity to leave our jobs, man. I mean, that was something that we strived for. What did um, you do? I was just doing any like shitty admin job I could do <laughs> to just pay the bills. Yeah. You know, I had a baby, and when we started the Left and Cody project, my boy was just about to be born. And um, yeah, when we started that, it was our kind of last throw of the dice for me and John. Mm. Um, How old were you when that when <laughs> your son was about to be born? Then, so he's twelve, so I would have been thirty. Okay, and. Um, or 31, can't remember how old I am now. Um, <laughs> but yeah, John had a lot more to sacrifice as far as that's concerned. He was in a really fucking good job. And um, when the opportunity came up, we are both kind of like, okay, this is it. We can either jump in both feet now uh, or we can miss this opportunity and then look back on it forever as that was the point we should have done it and just been full of regret and yeah, neither of us yeah, wanted to do that, yeah. you know? So I think, yeah... The biggest moment for us was able to to do music full time because incredible. I think it's everyone's dream, right? Yeah. Everyone that's kind of involved in it, they just want to live their life and their passion through it. So, I felt really lucky to be able to have the opportunity. And I think that's so powerful as well at that age. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it just shows that you just you just got to keep sticking. Up, yeah, like yeah, man. I'm 40, 44 in December, and I'm still here. So yeah. I don't think, yeah, it is uh, an age appropriate thing. That's Look at Pete Tong and yeah. Carl Cox and Adam Bayer and all those guys. Yeah, They're all yeah. still going. Um, but you're right. It's about going through your passion. This guy is kicking around at the moment, chapter and verse, you know, started when he was 39 or 40 and is mm. breaking through now. At the really? 43, yeah. He's just, oh, like, wow. he's just like, yeah, this is what I want to do. Fuck it. 
Fucking I'm going to awesome. give it a go. And I'm like, all power to you. So, that's and, uh, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah. And I signed one of his records. I was like, oh, did you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Out next week on Musical Freedom. <laughs> <laughs> well, if this was put yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 2026. This is February 27. Yeah, uh, okay, just on that. I mean, is there who do you think are going to be like the next Carl Cox? Do you know what I mean? Like, who are going to be them next legend? Is there anyone that I you think? I don't know. Do you know what we're trying to do? We're trying to pin him down on some on one thing. We're like, what's your what's your biggest point? Like, what what's your biggest moment? Yeah. And he was like, like, what's your best collab? And he said, no, fuck off. I'm gonna. You know, all of them are great. And now what have you just asked him? Yeah. But who's who's the next Carl? Cox? Who's the next? Yeah. Who's the next Carl Cox? We're gonna, you've got you've got to give us. <laughs> yeah. What one, answer, one, one name. <laughs> you can go for no. three. Oh, give him three. I mean, three, three really good acts at the moment. Then people that people need I, to listen I, to. Uh, well, uh, most of them will probably be well known, but I mean, I think the Martinez brothers are going to be around for a long, long time, yeah, and really they're still time. pretty young in the grand scheme of things. But I mean, they started what when they were fourteen. They've just years been around for so long. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah. seem like they you should, think they're older. Yeah, they should be. They, I mean, they they sort of already are, like in that Carl Cox era. But but I can see them still having. That longevity. Carl Cox yeah. longevity. Yeah, you know, like well, a, yeah. Carl Cox was doing it from when he was twenty, whatever. I suppose. And yeah, he's now, yeah. you know, must be near sixty or something, and he's still going. You know, yeah. so I think that yeah, the Martinez brothers have definitely got something about them. I think Fisher will still be going. Yeah. I think he's yeah, really man. he's nailed it. He's <laughs> really kind of latched on to his audience and yeah. really kind of connected with them and i think that is in this day and age that's so important his instagram's mint I, i'm not a big fan of his music but his instagram is just I'm yeah just, it's just fun He's, yeah, i yeah. just i just really like watching it yeah yeah just, and uh who else i mean let me go with four so i'd say loco dice he'll still be going yeah, in a long yeah. long time that guy just oozes music mm -hmm. passionate about it he's you know he's got so much like history within the scene as well i yeah, mean yeah. He was a big tour manager for a long, long time and then transitioned into oh, being... Yeah, yeah, he used to do um, Team Mass. He was Team Mass's oh, really? tour manager. I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, So um, I think Yusuf told me a story about him and Dice and Team Mass all at the side of a road in some desert trying to fix a, <laughs> a pop tyre. <laughs> oh, I think that was Yusuf's uh, first... Um, uh, meeting up with Dice was nice. being involved so, in that story. So obviously on tour then, yeah, and in, in between gigs or yeah, yeah, between yeah, like yeah. airport and getting and a puncture gig. and uh, yeah, that was. Uh, who else? I, what kind of a younger name can I? Pick? Or maybe someone who isn't as hasn't got the status as those three, but someone yep. who's really popping through at the moment that you. Alicia's doing a great job. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she's really killing it, man, and more power to her. And Floor Shore as well. Yeah, she's killing it. It's funny because one of the last gigs I ever played was in Birmingham and, yeah. and she warmed up for us. No way. And she, even then she had it like, uh, I think everyone was there for her at that point, but she's absolutely killing it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Just, I see because her Instagram actually just went, it, it went viral, didn't it? Yeah, I think there was a uh, music on. Yeah, was... yeah, it got like crazy. It was such a cool video as well. Yeah. And obviously, a, 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 you know, followers like it does just just went up. And I yeah. see a lot of people just saying, oh, you know, this, that and the other about obviously just that growth straight away. Sure. She put out such a brilliant post. Just like, guys, I've been working behind the scenes for the, for this, for, for this that moment. one video to yeah. go real has been 10 years of work. Absolutely. And I was just like, yeah, I messed just, I was like, you fucking nailed yeah. it. Yeah, I've got a really funny story story about flesh or so 20 it was my like do you remember when we'd come back from covid and i, I think i had it was 2020 or 2020 no it was 2020 it was march mm. it was actually just before covid mm. kicked mm. in i had a gig and she was there and basically i've been going through you know i, I had a hiatus from instagram for a, a good long while yeah i just needed a break um the last year so i didn't go through any of my dms before anyway i ended up going through my dms like before Amsterdam, right? Mm -hmm. Hundreds of um, direct messages on Instagram, which were, um, you know, like hidden messages or requests. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I was going through, and there was one from Flair Shaw, and I was like, clicked on her name and went to her profile, and then saw how many followers she had, and I was like, fuck. Yeah. And then went to the message, and the message said, Hi, it was. I don't. She won't mind me telling this. It wasn't nothing bad about. I wasn't embarrassing myself or anything. She said, Hi, it was great to meet you last night. I obviously met her at a gig. Yeah. Um, 
I've got your sunglasses. Can you send me your address? <laughs> and I'll post them back to you. Amazing. Anyway, obviously, I was going through them. And I was in Amsterdam. And I saw she was in Amsterdam. Yeah, yeah. And I messaged her and went, you haven't still got them glasses by any chance, yeah? Well, she didn't she yeah, reply. Yeah, of course no, she didn't. She didn't me. Waiting for that message for you for fucking two years, isn't it? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> <Just> three. <laughs> Fletcher, I'm sorry. You can have them sunglasses. They were shite H&M ones anyway. Um... Yeah, yeah, so uh, it's great to see the girls killing it as well, yeah, man. Right. Sorry, Alicia as well. I didn't touch yeah. on that. Um, I've I've got a lot of respect for Alicia. She was yep. she was warming up for me like years ago, well mm-hmm. before COVID kicked in, and she was always at the shows. Where even when she wasn't playing, she was turning up. She was she was being present. Yeah, she was giving demos out. And yeah, she was she was in the booth talking to people. Just in, involved, on, man. Being yeah. Involved yeah. as yeah. fuck. Yeah. And yeah, props just, to her. Just being involved in the community. This is you know I, I do do a lot of. Um, kind of talks and panel talks and everything now and mm. this is a lot of questions that I get about you know how do you break through and how do you just be involved in your community man you want to be involved yeah, in this right. dance thing you know you just be there yeah. show that you're involved yeah, show that yeah. you like it show that you enjoy it as much as everyone else that's yeah. around you that's definitely one way to do it it's just it's you can't just send an email now yeah, with DM a demo people and it just, yeah it just, <laughs> it just, just doesn't work man no, you, no. people want to see that you have the same amount of passion or commitment yeah. as they do yeah. you know it's, it's not easy putting nights on it's not easy running nightclubs you know there's a lot of time and effort and passion going into it and the last thing someone wants to do is you know open up an email saying <laughs> here's the soundcloud link to my, yeah. no, yeah. my music even though i've never met you before yeah. please book me so yeah i think that's definitely important and you're, you're totally right alicia was you know, always there and, and yeah, uh, she yeah. still is now. I, yeah, yeah. I, I was in Amsterdam for ADE and I went to Defected just to just to show my face and see the guys. Yeah, she was there. Yeah, mm. she was there. She was just around people. Saying hi. Came up, had a lovely conversation. I hadn't seen her in a while. Yeah, she was really down to worth. Yeah, yeah. She was going to gigs and getting sleep and like being really switched on with it. Positive and really, yeah, really positive. And awesome. she's she's got her head switched on. And, yeah, she, and I think she's got real potential to be yes. super successful. So there was my five then. Amazing. No, that really was a lot. No. Only, only asked for fucking one. <laughs> oh, no. Great. No, yeah, um, here's something I wanted to ask you. Um, yeah. Where is, because we've actually discussed this, where is your favourite, or even now, where's your favourite place to play? And I don't mean club, it could yeah. be country, wherever. Where, what's your, where's your, where's your favourite crowds? Argentina was always crazy. Yeah. Always. I think we did about three different tours over there over the years. Um, we played for, um, I think you might have played for them as well, guys that basically did like the Argentinian version of Elro. I can't remember what their names were now, but I mean, it was always on a Sunday and they would sell out like 9,000 people on a Sunday. I don't think in, I no, it called again? I'll text you and remind yeah, you. Yeah, we can edit um, that in. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it was Wicked. just wild on a Sunday. Like, you know, yeah. 9,000 people turning up. So yeah. very Elro vibes. People who don't know Elro, it's a huge party which originated from Barcelona or Barcelona, mm. wherever you in the world you're from. Spanish lessons yeah, coming I'm, into play. I want to tell people. It's <laughs> the, that is this private school <laughs> <laughs> education again. I, I just put a TH in there. <laughs> <laughs> Chill out. Um, it's a big party on a Sunday which originated in Spain on a, sun, yeah, on a Sunday in uh, just next outside the airport in yeah. Barcelona. Crazy party then the brand went worldwide it was it was all about like the experience rather than just totally about the music which was you know they they take they took like theater Mm. put it into light yeah it was yeah and um yeah so there was this same uh kind of idea that i played for in argentina at least three times and what were the crowd how big were the crowds uh yeah about nine thousand people like on a sunday what are people people doing for work that's why i always think on these on these parties yeah it's mad like the part of that tour i played in cordoba as well and it was on wednesday night and it was like in a low ceiling place just very similar to this like 500 cap sick and promoter took me out for dinner and was just chatting with all his friends and i said it's normal then for a Wednesday. They're like, yeah, yeah, we party all the time here. This is a university town. I was like, all oh, right, cool. I said, what are you all studying? He said, oh, it's a doctors and nurses university. I was like, oh my God. You're going out to like 9am hey, hey, in the morning. Go to hospital. Take me <laughs> to the next town. <laughs> Wednesday. I was like, oh, sick. That's good. <laughs> yeah, great parties in Argentina. Absolutely. Yeah. So, did you ever t- did you ever play in South America? Yeah, I played Brazil. Yeah, yeah I played Brazil. Did. It was it was good, but <laughs> the thing is, when I played Brazil, I was I was coming off the back end of you know very heavy part of my life in terms of uh, the drug use, and um, 
And I was saying the whole way there on the flight, I'm not going to do any drugs. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to Brazil, right? Stupid. I was like, I'm not going <laughs> to. <laughs> Desperately got, trying yeah. to convince yourself. That right. And it, yeah. And I fucking. It's I got, four quid a gram. It's four right. quid a gram. Yeah. I got gram. there. Obviously, <laughs> I hadn't drank. Yeah. The first thing we get offered is gear. Right. And <laughs> never, never in my life have I ever not like had gear and then drunk. Yeah. So it's always the other way around. But he comes up to me straight away, the promoter. He's like, do you want a line? And just straight away, I said, yeah. And then I sat in the toilet for about half an hour having a fucking panic and attack it, because what? I hadn't had any drink. And it was obviously, it was super Pure. fucking strong shit as yeah. well. And I was like, fucking hell. There goes sober down the window. <laughs> yeah, so that was Brazil. Yeah, I've heard it's powerful in Brazil. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't know. Anyway, <laughs> um, just, just, just on that, like, you know, we, we've, we've, we've touring, especially going to places like South America. Yeah. Um, how did you balance that, you know, being a family man? Uh, I had a very understanding family, to be honest. My, I celebrated my 20th wedding anniversary on the 25th of October. Congratulations. So Amazing. she's been, my wife Barbara's been with me from the beginning and has helped push me and supported me throughout this whole thing. So, so important, that, yeah. yeah she's, um, she's always had my back. And then whenever there's been a phone call and I put the phone down and go, Got to go to America for three weeks. She's like, "Cool, what dates? Let me know." Nice. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I've you know, just fucking dream. Lucky, that, yeah, I landed on my feet, and yeah, you know, she's an actress, so sometimes she needs to go and do shows, and we'll be on a run for a while, and then I'll step in and make sure my diary's blocked out and can't go in and do any tours. And we really help and support each other. So I mean, that's been massively important for us over the years. For but sure, she gets the creative process as well. Totally, you know, being an actor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, it's, 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 man. She's you know, you're on the grind with that as well. Yeah, you? yeah, and it's a good combo. Yeah, so, yeah. She gets Amazing. to spend all the money. <laughs> <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> also, on that, so when it comes to touring, yeah. um, I mean, all three of us know that touring can be really physically and mentally mm. draining. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything in particular that you do to kind of keep your... I don't know, mental health, physical health. Like what, 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 have you got any like kind of for people who out there are on the road? Yeah. Any, any tips for people kind of keeping, keeping your shit together? It was definitely a journey. It was a learning process. I'm yeah. sure you guys would have experienced it as well. When we started touring, we were just like, whatever happens, happens. Yeah. And, you know, we'd end up in the worst hovels <laughs> in Doncaster <laughs> at an after party at seven in the morning <laughs> and being like, yeah, okay, so let's just get on the train to Manchester now because we've got to go play Sankey's. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just roll up to the train station and be like, yeah, okay. And then just spend a week trying to recover. Yeah. Um, it, as you get older and you get wiser, you realise that you don't want to be in basements of doom on a Saturday morning. And, Understatement. Uh, that's, that's, that's <laughs> you, you come to and you're like, who the fuck is everyone in here? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've got me training 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to go and check into my hotel. Yeah. As I have any... Somewhere in Barnsley. <laughs> uh, by, uh, by the way, I've realised I might be misinterpreted by what I said. I wasn't referring to like Doncaster as being a bad <laughs> area. Yeah, just, just, just a random name. Just, yeah. a, just a house. Yeah, yeah. After it, we did a show in Doncaster that wasn't particularly appealing. Look, by the way, with, guys. <laughs> in the bright light of day. Those houses he's talking about are fucking everywhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're in every place. doesn't matter yeah. what country I've you're in. I've lived in a couple of them. <laughs> 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 I think I've been the majority of yeah, them. Could, yeah, could have been mine. Um, <laughs> but obviously now you're, you're doing it differently. You've, you've, yeah. got, you've got the nine to five, which means you've got a reason. Obviously, you've got the family and you've got yeah. dependents. So you've got obviously a, a, a reason which is close to your heart to keep yourself right. Of course. Now you've got the nine to five. Yeah. I assume that's having an impact on going to gigs and partying. It's now. choosing your battles, man. Yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The, the, when I talked to about the tour at the beginning of the show, um, when I went to the States, I was literally over two days. I mean, I, I just drank water the whole time, tried to get healthy meal in. It's difficult to do in airports and stuff. Yeah, yeah, end absolutely. up going to some shitty burger place because it's, five minutes away from the gate and you're running behind. Yeah. But, and, um, and you're in America. Uh, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. Wings, <laughs> wings and burgers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or if you want a salad, it's like $40. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Cool. <laughs> That's great. Um, but yeah, just just uh, really picking your battles mm. and doing some kind of stretching or exercise, just even in your hotel room, if you've got the opportunity to do it. You know, John really helped me with that when he was still on the road and um, before he stopped touring. He uh, he went sober for two years, 
and was doing like you know meditation before shows and yoga and all that kind of stuff so having that kind of influence as well really kind of helped me out and showed me the right path of you know that's what you're looking after yeah. yourself you, yeah, you, sure. you have to do it man because yeah. no one tells you <laughs> what's coming <laughs> you know <laughs> no one goes hey guys yeah, listen yeah. up you know you want to do this for a living this, this, is, gonna, yeah, yeah, <laughs> this is not gonna be easy four day weekends ain't gonna last yeah yeah absolutely so just yeah. just on that like how is how is that transition going from you know obviously like partying at a lot of gigs sure. and, and then and then going over to you know being more like self-aware yeah i t i don't see like that I, I don't feel a difference in it i might look like i'm not having fun <laughs> i don't know <laughs> what, what do you mean because you're not because i'm not like drinking and boozing and yeah. stuff and you know you are um, you if i may say yeah you are quite a, a larry drunk i've got a lot like yeah. if you're drinking i get a lot of cuddles and i get yeah, a lot yeah. Of like, oh yeah 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 hey, oh, lovely to see you that's still that's still oh, sorry, cameras just that's knocked everything out of sync. that still happens um but it just yeah uh, it's more instant once I've had a drink. <laughs> I'd have to hang around for a couple of hours before you get a cuddle if I'm yeah. not <laughs> But no, it's, um, yeah, it's it's kind of knowing when to, you know, in, not even in, it's not even about enjoying yourself, you know, because a lot of people do this now without, you know, taking any extracurricular, yeah, yeah. you know, things to keep themselves going and, um, was that ever an issue for you, the drink and everything else, the party? And was it was it ever become I too much? I say or? it was like an issue. I definitely had to have a word myself a few times and just be like, okay, that was stupid. You feel fucking terrible. So let's try not to feel that way again because it's not really worth it. Of course. And, you know, yeah, I'd put myself on trial for two weeks and see, you know, let's see if you can get through this. And then, like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. And I guess that was more kind of, questioning my own will and you know even asking the question do i have something serious that i might need to consider getting help for or am i able to you know work through it myself or have discussions with my family about it and just say i'm feeling like this just yeah. to let you know keep an eye out but i'm going to try and do this to you know get over it that thought process, I think that's so powerful that you've, you've yeah. had that because... Yeah. I, and having the support there from you. Yeah. Like having oh. that support, I think, was massive. Huge. Yeah, yeah. Because you don't really get that in the industry. Like as soon as you want to talk about drink and drug problems, a lot of people are like, not today, mate. Yeah, I, just, I you know, I can't remember who I was talking to about this a while ago. It's just, it's ingrained in our dance culture isn't yeah, it yeah, you know massively. it's just there i think especially in the uk you know <laughs> I, I, I mentioned that john went sober for a while and even when we were going to shows and saying to promoters or whoever's in the booth or whoever's in charge of the rider and it's like no no i'm not drinking and they go oh, yeah go on yeah because yeah. they want yeah, you no. to party innit? yeah yeah, yeah, yeah it's like, no go on go on and john's like no no i'm not i don't drink and, and it just got to the point where he decided to stop you know explaining what he was doing to say I'm not drinking because I'm an alcoholic. Because it was easier for him to say that because if you say that, mm. then oh, really? people step back and go, oh, right, yeah, but then because yeah, yeah. that's a line that you can't cross. Yeah. Isn't, that, isn't that interesting that you have to go to that extreme? Yeah, it's mad. To, it's almost you've got a problem if you're not drinking. Which I, if, if I said, do you want a cigarette? And you said no, like that's enough. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if it's, the, the it's alcohol, it's like... Yeah, it's almost in its own category. Yeah, <laughs> is that what you mean? Which is really drinking. interesting. I find that yeah. culturally. It is you culturally. Right. Yeah. In the UK, it's massive. Because yeah. when, when you, you'll have known this, but you two are in the US at all. No. Nah. When you go to the, the States, obviously they drink, but they don't... They, they, they talk about Brits like... How the fuck do you guys drink so much? Yeah. But yeah. to us, it's this is just, just normal. normal. Yeah. Like yeah. a warm-up session for us would be a whole night out for the majority of the <laughs> yeah. guys in the state. Yeah. That's yeah. because um, they're drinking White Claw, and it's about yeah. two percent alcohol. <laughs> yeah. The last four or five years. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, the, it is it is cultural. Yeah. Kind of, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. It is. It's that whole pub culture. Yeah. Kind of. If you're going to the pub, you got to go for a drink. Mm. And actually, we're saying culturally is in the UK, but. A funny story when I was at ADE, two guys that I was with from spinning weren't drinking and we went out first night to have a pizza in an Italian restaurant. 
and I had a glass of rosé and they were both ordered 0% alcohols and the waitress came over and said who's got the rosé I said yeah that's me and she went and two zeros for the pregnant ladies and I was <laughs> no. like at first I laughed I was like oh yeah bud haha you've got a tip and then I was like actually that's, that's yeah, yeah that, 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 someone could have yeah, a serious yeah, reason of yeah, why to not drink not drinking. or just not want to fucking drink yeah, yeah. So yeah. do you know what exactly. I mean like exactly. did, did so. you find as like um, and I don't know maybe you won't be able to answer for John but like just going from playing and drinking and being in that party scene to then sure. not drinking, did you feel like any added anxiety or that you maybe were a bit more nervous or that you couldn't connect with people on the same level? For, for You know, not the, for the whole time, but maybe for when you first started traveling. I think the connection thing was definitely at the forefront of like, yeah. okay, am I going to be able to be on the same level as all these people that I'm trying to entertain if yeah. I am not in some way intoxicated? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That definitely crossed my mind because yeah. you just feel like... Look, at the end of the day, I've transitioned from the dance floor and being a party yeah, 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 to you, the booth. Yeah. And I'm always trying to translate that, mm. you know, energy back. So that was definitely on the forefront. And I think a few times that, you know, you do it, you feel like, oh, okay, actually, yeah, that worked. Mm. You know, that's, there's nothing to really be concerned about yeah. in the future. Yeah, you can, yeah. you know, go out and do this and don't necessarily have to have anything to to make you do the job that you love because that's what you're there for yeah, really yeah. you know i was never into i wasn't doing getting into music just to go and have a good drink every week <laughs> you know true. i was doing it because i love music so uh, I, I was doing that <laughs> to drink. i was going out i was doing it to party man. yeah yeah, yeah. I, it, so obviously music was the music was great i was yeah. never really can i drink yeah that? go for yeah, it, go go for for it. it. delicious tenzing tenzing natural energy original recipe <laughs> plant-based <laughs> yeah let me go to caffeine um yeah, I've discussed this with Eleanor as well. Um, my wife and told her that the reason I kind of really stuck in was is because I was getting paid to have fun with my friends. This is how it started for me. <clears throat> we were having fun, right? We were going to a gig. We were running parties together. Yeah. So you're around your friends. And then when it became to a, came to a point where I was getting paid, I was getting paid to be around my friends partying. Yeah. Mm. So the music was obviously super important, and I sure. loved music, but... I would say I would say it's probably fifty one percent. The driver was me getting paid to, but then yeah, to to get fucked up. But wow. then it, it it became so much as you as mm. you get more success, then comes more money, which then comes more attention. And yeah. I used to dampen the the anxiety of going onto to on, onto the the decks became so strong that I was drinking to dampen the anxiety. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, and absolutely. this is what happened to me in 2018, 19. It wasn't so much about drinking because I wanted to be involved, which was part of it. But when I, I would get anxiety in the fucking hotel room before yeah. the gigs. So th that, was, that was how it affected me. And that's right. how I dealt with it was through drinking drugs. Yeah. And I, I think just on that, like that's, I think it's so important for like artists coming up now to really get a hold of that. Yes. Sure. Even because like, you know, like you never know, like one track can literally take you to that next level. Yeah. I think it's it's better to be prepared sure. than, you know, to just be enjoying that party. And then before you know it, you just fucking gig him, you know, four or five times a week. And yeah. And uh, losing control. Yeah. yeah. You know. But like you said, you can pick your battles. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not sitting here all high and mighty saying what I did was wrong. You should fucking not drink and ever do gear or whatever. Like, well, do what you fucking want. It's your body, right? Sure. But what I am saying is, like, what, exactly what you said, pick your battles. Mm. Um, and if you are going to, if you are looking to do this as a career, like, look at it as that. Career, yeah. yeah right? Yeah. Whatever, wh whatever career you choose, you don't choose to do that under the influence. At any mm. career, you should yeah. be... Obviously, the, the hardest thing about this career is, as a DJ, touring artist, or music musician, or whatever you're doing, if you're on the road, is that you're, you're surrounded by yes-men. You're in, ex, you're in situations which is flooded with narcotics mm. and with alcohol. Yeah. Mm. It's given to you on a rider which your yeah. agent sends to the promoter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's difficult <laughs> yeah. to get away from it unless... Yeah you change your rider yeah. Yeah. completely. So there's so many influences there pushing you the wrong way. Mm. So I understand that it's difficult, but um, yeah, I mean. Just, just on that, like as we, as we come to a close, like given your experience, like in the music industry, yeah. what advice would you have to, you know, any newcomer looking to come in, whether that's, you know, A&R, DJ, just, just trying to be a part of the scene? Uh, just try and be yourself. You know, just be you. 
um, an individual yep. and just show, you know, your your passion, your creativity. Mm. Um, and yeah, you know, as we mentioned earlier, just be involved in the yeah, scene. And right. regardless of what, at what level you're at, just go involved, be involved with the local promotion in your local club, wherever you're from mm. and just be involved. And uh, yeah, just pick your battles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's great advice in terms of being present. Yeah, yeah totally. I think that's awesome because a lot because we we live in this social media mm. uh, lifestyle, well, yeah. um, culture at the moment where everyone interacts on their two D screens. Yeah. yeah, people assume that you can send it could be the best fucking tune in the world or the best mix or yeah. whatever it is. If you no one knows what your face looks like and you're not there in the parties, yeah, yeah. you're never going to get yeah, anywhere, yeah, yeah. right? Being present is so important. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. for sure. That's uh, that's that's how me and Liam started at Egg. We just we were just there, just there uh, every, every Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Like as soon as you had that one gig, that was it. I was there every single week yeah. until they fucking couldn't get rid of us. <laughs> um, so, like, just to end, yeah, the afters, the Obviously, afters. Uh, it's called the afters. So we want a funny story right. from you, okay, about any afters. <laughs> Give us a story. There must be one with you involved somewhere. <laughs> um, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. Jackie's not involved. <laughs> no, it's it's going to be about a 20 minute episode. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, any, any funny stories from. It doesn't from even have to any, be after. Is that on, at a party afters. or whatever? Anything from you guys on the yeah, road? Yeah, he probably won't know about this. Um, but in Boston, in a basement of Doom, um, I actually forgot what Christoph looked like. And uh, when he said bye to me, I had no idea who he was. And I thought he was a promoter. And I just said, yeah, man, thanks for booking me. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> yes. like, He's a fucking big guy as well. I'm surprised you didn't fucking yeah, no, <laughs> Distinctive features. Of yeah, time. no, me and Chris got on like a house on fire. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. yeah that was like... <laughs> and then I remember just walking around like, you know, an hour later. And I was going to that, where's Chris gone? And he was like, you said bye to him about an hour ago. I, like, <laughs> I didn't, man. I was in the way. He's like, no, no, you did. I was like, oh, is it time <laughs> yeah, to get my plan to Seattle now? <laughs> <laughs> That's class. Well, we'll end on that. Mate, thank you thank so you, much for mate. coming oh, in. Really thank appreciate you guys. it. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, boys. Really good yeah, to see you it. again, man. Yeah, you nice too, man. Cheers. Does anybody know where the afters is? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.